Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Reading Conference Call, where we gather and read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we are reading Chapter 29, Section 10, The Forgiving Dream, Paragraph 70, excuse me, 61 through 70. Um, and you can access an original edition by going to jcim.net. Reverend Rita, our beloved um, webmaster, do you have any updates for us? Oh, well, we're getting, I've changed the website, and if you want to take a peek, well, slightly, uh, there's more tabs at the top, and they're different. Uh, The store, I think, is finished. uh, We're finalizing the administration uh, console because Karen in our office is expecting a deluge of sales once we have the sale. Uh, I can tell you the sale, it will be before uh, Black Friday. It'll be a, a white sale, <laughs> as Chris says, it's a white light sale. It'll be before, we don't have to wait until Black Friday. And it's, I'm, we're working on getting that admin console console installed. Once we do, we're ready to go. So <laughs> it's, it, it, the store is all ready, though. If you want to go to jcim.net, take a, just click store and uh, peruse what we have there. And then get in mind what you want to get 20% off. <laughs> Hold that thought, and I'll let you know when the sale begins. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. So we invite our workbook lesson into our um, study today. It's Lesson 310, In Fearlessness and Love, I Spend the Day. And finally, we ask you to mute your phone at all times unless you are speaking by using your own mute function. So has anyone joined the call that would like to get on the reading list or say hello? All right. So listening is... Oh, hi. Hey, Mary, are you going to read? Yeah, I'll try. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Sorry. Um, Anyone else? I'll give everyone a minute to get off mute. Okay. So listening, we have Fran... Rob and Ida, and in reading order, we're going to go Bryce, Lee, Reverend Rija, Paula, Carl, Sharon, and Mary. And in this holiest of instance, I'm going to turn the call over to Reverend Rija for morning centering. Reverend Rija. Thank you, Chris. Uh, This morning, what I'd like to do is I sort of want to point everyone to the email that... uh, of the lessons and the texts that we mail out. And it has today and sometimes a clip. Uh, It's a sample of a reading of the course by Beverly Hutchinson. The music is by Stephen Halpern. And you can purchase the CD at Miracles Distribution Center. There's a link there where you can go and hear samples of what is Uh, on the CD. So today, we're going to play one of those samples. It's not the one, in fact, here's a bonus. The one in today's mailing is beautiful. The one I'm going to play today is a separate and additional sample uh, and uh, is quite beautiful. You don't have to be on the mailing list to access these little clips. If you go to jcim.net, and go up to daily lessons and text, you'll see a page that has the daily lessons 
if you look at the link that says email edition, that's what we send out. So you don't have to be on the mailing list to access this, and you can click that and then click the link for the clip. Okay, so that being said, we'll begin our time together by closing our eyes and drawing that awareness within. And our bodies might even begin to smile because it's such a wonderful blessing of peace. As soon as we close our eyes, we can feel that gift of stillness and relaxation and a letting go. And as we do this, we bring to mind our lesson for today. In fearlessness and love I spend today. And our lesson tells us in this prayer, quote, This day, my Father, would I spend with you as you have given all my days should be. And what I will experience is not of time at all. The joy that comes to me is not of days nor hours, for it comes from heaven to your Son. This day will be your sweet reminder to remember you, your gracious calling to your Holy Son, the sign your grace has come to me, and that it is your will that I be free today. The lesson goes on. We spend this day together, you and I, and all the world joins with us in our song of thankfulness and joy to him who gave salvation to us and who set us free. We are restored to peace and holiness. There is no room in us for fear today, for we have welcomed love to our hearts. Amen. And now we'll, in a moment, as soon as I go to where I can play that beautiful clip for you, hopefully later you'll go to the link and listen to some more samples and perhaps purchase the CD. So incredibly beautiful. So we'll continue in our quietness and stillness as we open to this beautiful reading. It's called The Forgotten Song. The thoughts of God are far beyond all change and shine forever. They await not birth. They wait for welcome and remembering. The thought God holds of you is like a star, unchangeable in an eternal sky. So high in heaven is it set that those outside of heaven know not it is there. Yet still and white and lovely will it shine through all eternity. There was no time it was not there, no instant when its light grew dimmer or less perfect ever was. Who knows the Father knows this light. For he is the eternal sky that holds it safe, forever lifted up and anchored sure. Its perfect purity 
does not depend on whether it is seen on earth or not. The sky embraces it and softly holds it in its perfect place, which is as far from earth as earth from heaven. It is not the distance nor the time that keeps this star invisible to earth, but those who seek for idols cannot know the star is there. Beyond all idols is the thought God holds of you, completely unaffected by the turmoil and the terror of the world, the dreams of birth and death that here are dreamed, the myriad of forms that fear can take. Quite undisturbed, the thought God holds of you remains exactly as it always was. Surrounded by a stillness so complete, no sound of battle comes remotely near. It rests in certainty and perfect peace. Where could the thought God holds of you exist but where you are? You have not two realities, but one. Nor can you be aware of more than one. An idol or the thought God holds of you is your reality. Forget not then that idols must keep hidden what you are, not from the mind of God, but from your own. The star shines still, the sky has never changed. But you, the Holy Son of God himself, are unaware of your reality. Thank you. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. Amen. 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 So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Thank you. Ten. The Forgiving Dream. Sixty-one. The slave of idols is a willing slave. For willing he must be to let himself bow down in worship to what has no life and seek for power in the powerless. What happened to the Holy Son of God that this could be his wish? To let himself fall lower than the stones upon the ground and look to the idols that they raise him up. Hear then your story in the dream that you made and ask yourself it it be not the truth that you believe that this is not a dream. The dream of judgment came into the mind that God created perfect as himself. And in that dream was heaven changed to hell, and God made enemy unto his son. Bryce, 61 and 62, please. The slave of idols is a willing slave. For willing he must be to let himself bow down in worship to what has no life, and seek for power in the powerless. What happened to the Holy Son of God that this could be his wish to let himself fall lower than the stones upon the ground and look to idols that they raise him up? Hear then your story in the dream you made. 
and ask yourself, if it be not the truth, that you believe that it is not a dream. A dream of judgment came into the mind that God created perfect as himself. And in that dream was heaven changed to hell, and God made enemy unto his son. 62. How can God's son awaken from the dream? It is a dream of judgment. So must he judge not, and he will awaken. For the dream will seem to last while he is part of it. Judge not, for he who judges will have need of idols, which will hold the judgment off from resting on himself. Nor can he know the self he has condemned. Judge not, because you make yourself a part of evil dreams, where idols are your quote-unquote true identity and your salvation from the judgment laid in terror and in guilt upon yourself. Thank you, Bryce. Lee, 62 and 63, please. How can God's son awaken from the dream? It is a dream of judgment. So must he judge not, and he will waken. For the dream will seem to last while he is part of it. Judge not, for he who judges will have need of idols, which will hold the judgment off from resting on himself. Nor can he know the self he has condemned. Judge not, because you make yourself a part of evil dreams where idols are your true identity and your salvation from the judgment laid in terror and in guilt upon yourself. All figures in the dream are idols made to save you from the dream, yet they are part of what they have been made to save you from. Thus does an idol keep the dream alive and terrible, for who could wish for one? unless he were in terror and despair. And this the idol represents. And so its worship is the worship of despair and terror and the dream from which they come. Judgment is an injustice to God's Son, and it is justice that who judges him will not escape the penalty he laid upon himself within the dream he made. God knows of justice, not of penalty, but in the dream of judgment, you attack and are condemned and wish to be the slave of idols which are interposed between your judgment and the penalty it brings. Thank you, Lee. Reverend Regis, 63 and 64, please. Oh, okay. Um, Kobe's having um, trouble. <laughs> He's barking, so I'll, uh, uh, I'll probably have to go a little bit later. All right, Reverend Kobe, you <laughs> it's just a dream. Um, <laughs> 63 and 64, please. Did you say Paula? 
I did. Oh, okay. All figures in the dream are idols made to save you from the dream. Yet they are part of what they have been made to save you from. Thus does an idol keep the dream alive and terrible. For who could wish for one unless he were in terror and despair? And this the idol represents, and so it worships. So its worship is the worship of despair and terror, and the dream from which they came, they come. Judgment is an injustice to God's Son, and it is justice that who judges him will not escape the penalty he laid upon himself within the dream he made. God knows of justice, not of penalty, but in the dream of judgment you attack and are condemned and wish to be the slave of idols which are imposed between your judgment and the penalty it brings. 64. There can be no salvation in the dream as you are dreaming it, for idols must be part of it to save you from what you believe you have accomplished and have done to make you sinful and put out the light within you. Little children, it is there. You do not but dream, and idols are the toys you dream you play with. Who has need of toys but children? They pretend they rule the world and give their toys the power to move about and talk and think and feel and speak for them. Yet everything their toys appear to do is in the minds of those who play with them. But they are eager to forget that they made up the dream in which their toys are real, not recognizing their wishes are their own. Thank you, Paula. Carl. 64 and 65, please. There can be no salvation in the dream as you are dreaming it, for idols must be part of it to save you from what you believe you have accomplished and have done to make you sinful and put out the light within you. Little children, it is there. You do but dream, and idols are the toys you dream you play with. Who has need of toys but children? They pretend they rule the world and give the toys the power to move about and talk and think and feel and speak for them. Yet everything their toys appear to do is in the minds of those who play with them. But they are eager to forget that they made up the dream in which their toys are real, nor recognize their wishes as their own. 80, or 80, 65. Nightmares are childish dreams. The toys have turned against the child who thought he made them real. Yet can a dream attack? Or can a toy grow large and dangerous and fierce and wild? This does the child believe because he fears his thoughts and gives them to the toys instead. And their reality becomes his own because they seem to save him from his thoughts. Yet do they keep his thoughts alive and real, but seem outside? Let me just read that again. Yet do they keep his thoughts alive and real, but seem outside himself, where they can turn against him for his treachery to them? He thinks he needs them that he may escape his thoughts, because he thinks the thoughts are real. 
And so he makes of anything a toy to make his world remain outside himself and play that he is but Carl, a did part we lose of you? it. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, back to 65. Yeah, he was at the end of the line, and so he made an innocent and when did the line. Last sentence. Oh. All right, why don't you give us the last two sentences, and then um, Sharon's up for 65 and 66. Okay. So, yet do they keep his thoughts alive and real, but seem outside himself, where they can turn against him for his treachery to them. He thinks he needs them that he may escape his thoughts because he thinks the thoughts are real. And so he makes of anything a toy to make his world remain outside himself and play that he is but a part of it. Thanks, Carl. Sharon, 65 and 66, please. Nightmares are childish dreams. The toys have turned against the child who thought he made them real. Yet, can a dream attack? Or can a toy grow large and dangerous and fierce and wild? This does the child believe because he fears his thoughts and gives them to the toys instead. And their reality becomes his own because they seem to save him from his thoughts. Yet, do they keep his thoughts alive and real but seen outside himself, where they can turn against him for his treachery to them. He thinks he needs them that he may escape his thoughts, because he thinks the thoughts are real. And so he makes of anything a toy to make his world remain outside himself and play that he is but a part of it. There's a time when childhood should be past and gone forever. Seek not to retain the toys of children. Put them all away, for you have need of them no more. The dream of judgment is a children's game in which the child becomes the father, powerful, but with the little wisdom of a child. What hurts him is destroyed. What helps him last? Except he judges this as does a child who does not know that what hurts and what will heal. And bad things seem to happen. And he, he is afraid of all the chaos in a world where he thinks that he thinks is governed by the thoughts he made. Yet, is the real world unaffected by the world he thinks is real? Nor have its laws been changed because he did not understand. Thank you, Sharon. Mary, 66 and 67, please. There is a time when childhood should be past and gone forever. Seek not to retain the toys of children. Put them all away, for you have need of them no more. The dream of judgment is a children's game in which the child becomes the father, powerful, 
but with the little wisdom of a child. What hurts him is destroyed. What helps him, blessed. Except he judges this as does a child who does not know what hurts and what will heal. And bad things seem to happen, and he is afraid of all the chaos in the in a world he thinks is governed by the laws he made. Yet is the real world unaffected by the world he thinks is real. Nor have its laws been changed because he did not understand. 67. The real world still is but a dream. Except the figures have been changed. They are not seen as idols which betray. It is a dream in which no one is used to substitute for something else, nor imposed between the thoughts the mind conceives and what it sees. No one is used for something he is not, for childish things have all been put away. And what was once a dream of judgment now has changed into a dream where all is joy because that is the purpose which it has. Only forgiving dreams can enter here, for time is almost over. And the forms which enter in the dream are now perceived as brothers, not in judgment, but in love. Thank you, Mary. Looking for a new reader, please, for 67 and 68. Well, um, Kobe's quiet, so this is Reverend Rita Joy. I can can do it. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, 67, 68. 67. The real world still is but a dream, except the figures have been changed. They are not seen as idols which betray. It is a dream in which no one is used to substitute for something else, nor interposed between the thoughts the mind conceives and what it sees. No one is used for something he is not, for childish things have all been put away. And what was once a dream of judgment now has changed into a dream where all is joy, because that is the purpose which it has. Only forgiving dreams can enter here, for time is almost over. And the forms which enter in the dream are now perceived as brothers, not in judgment, but in love. 68. Forgiving dreams have little need to last. They are not made to separate the mind from what it thinks. They do not seek to prove the dream is being dreamed by someone else. And in these dreams, a melody is heard, which everyone remembers though he has not heard it since before all time began. Forgiveness, once complete, brings timelessness so close the song of heaven can be heard, not with the ears, but with the holiness which never left the altar which abides forever deep within the Son of God. And when he hears this song again, 
he knows he never heard it not. And where is time when dreams of judgment have been put away? Thank you, Reverend Rija. And do we have a new reader, please, for 68 and 69? All right, I'm going to do something a little different here. Mary, would you please read 68 and 69? Just trying to keep me awake. Okay. Forgiving dreams have little need to last. They are not made to separate the mind from what it thinks. They do not seek to prove the dream is being dreamed by someone else. And in these dreams, a melody is heard where everyone remembers, though he has not heard it since before all time began. Forgiveness, once complete, brings timelessness so close the song of heaven can be heard. Not with the ears, but with the holiness which never left the altar, which abides forever deep within the Son of God. And when he hears this song again, he knows he never heard it not. And where is time when dreams of judgment have been put away? 69. Whenever you feel fear in any form, and you are fearful, if you do not feel a deep content, a certainty of help, a calm assurance, heaven goes with you. Be sure you made an idol and believe it will betray you. For beneath your hope that it will save you, lie the guilt and pain of self-betrayal and uncertainty, so deep and bitter that the dream cannot conceal completely all your sense of doom. Your self-betrayal must result in fear, for fear is judgment, tending surely to the frantic search for idols and for death. Thank you, Mary. And Lee, 69 and 70, please. Whenever you feel fear in any form, and you are fearful if you do not feel a deep content, a certainty of help, a calm assurance, heaven goes with you. Be sure you made an idol and believe it will betray you. For beneath your hope, that it will save you, lie the guilt and pain of self-betrayal and uncertainty, so deep and bitter that the dream cannot conceal completely all your sense of doom. Your self-betrayal must result in fear, for fear is judgment, leading surely to the frantic search for idols and for death. 70. Forgiving dreams remind you that you live in safety and have not attacked yourself. So do your childish terrors melt away and dreams become a sign that you have made a new beginning, not another try to worship idols 
and to keep attack. Forgiving dreams are kind to everyone who figures in the dream, and so they bring the dreamer full release from dreams of fear. He does not fear his judgment, for he has judged no one, nor has sought to be released through judgment from what judgment must impose. And all the while he is remembering what he forgot when judgment seemed to be the way to save him from its penalty. Thank you, Lee and Reverend Rija. 70 and a prayer, please. Thank you, Chris. Uh, 70. Forgiving dreams remind you that you live in safety and have not attacked yourself. So do your childish terrors melt away and dreams become a sign that you have made a new beginning, not another try to worship idols and to keep attack. Forgiving dreams are kind to everyone who figures in the dream, and so they bring the dreamer full release from dreams of fear. He does not fear his judgment, for he has judged no one, nor has sought to be released through judgment from what judgment must impose. And all the while he is remembering what he forgot when judgment seemed to be the way to save him from its penalty. And now we open to that remembrance. As we close our eyes, draw within, we remember what is so in each and every moment we are reborn. We let the past go. We are in that moment of now in which we are as God created us. We thought that we dreamed. We, we thought we had, we had this dream that we were separate. It was horrible, bad dream. We were alone. We were attacked. We had to defend. We had to judge. And we were frightened. But it's not so. And in each moment of now, we can release it. It's not so. What is real can never be threatened. And what is unreal does not exist. Every moment is a moment of release, a moment of forgiveness, which is seeing what is real, not the dream we made. And everyone in the dream is loved. Everyone. We have no fear from our dream. Our dream is a dream of love. It's a dream of extension. It's a happy dream. We dream that dream right now and extend this in our lives. We embody that dream of forgiveness. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank, Thank you, you Reverend Rita. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you, Reverend Rija. All right, you gorgeous souls, the floor is open. And um, I'm really feeling a sense to ask Lee to um, open this with sort of a recap as we roll right into that reason why we all gather every day. New Beginning, Chapter 30. Lee? Thanks, Chris. Um, This section uh, called the forgiven dream or the forgiving dream represents turning a corner. Um, Given all the tools that we've learned across the first part of this text, he leads into this discussion of how different my experience of this life and world could be were I to allow Holy Spirit to really introduce me to the forgiving dream or the method by which I can awaken from the dream of judgment. Moving into the very next section, Rules for Decision and the New Beginning of Chapter 30, he's pointing out in this section that I have two different guides as to how to walk through this life and world. And one is the guide that speaks to me of judgment. And the consequence of that voice is that I dropped into a dream of fear, a dream of judgment. That dream of fear and that dream of judgment is absolutely tied to the dream of separation, the dream of isolation, the dream of meaninglessness. This alternative that he goes into such detail in the next section Uh, to describe the alternative is to turn toward Holy Spirit as my guide throughout the day and learn a method and a practical technique by which when I'm feeling what he describes in this section in 69 when I feel fear in any form and I'm fearful if I don't feel a deep content a certainty of help a calm assurance heaven goes with me, then I can be sure that I've followed um, the uh, guidance of the ego. And in this next section, I'll be directed as to how I can go through a series of steps that ask as openly and as genuinely as possible that the guidance of the ego be replaced in that moment with the guidance of of the Holy Spirit in my right mind. That's the means by which I can walk free of dreams of judgment and begin to embrace the forgiving dreams that he describes in the very last paragraph of this section leading into rules for decision. One other thing I would feature that helps me a lot is the recognition that he says having listened to the ego in its direction as to how to relate to this life and world, I've taken negative judgment, guilt, and condemnation as central to the way that I relate and deal with the world. That is the dream of judgment. And when I accepted that dream of judgment as though it were an accurate representation of both what the world's about and how to most 
um, safely navigate through this world, when I accepted that as true, I became um, open to judgment of myself and the pain of guilt and self-condemnation. I also became open to believing the condemnation of others directed at me and fearing that condemnation. All of this the consequence of having accepted the ego's introduction of guilt as the and, um, and judgment as the main way to navigate this life. When I did that, when I opened myself up to condemnation directed back at me by myself and others, it became important that I select and find idols in the world that I could blunt, I could, um, what's the word, um, um, interpose, yes. that, I, that I could introduce between myself and that judgment. So I directed my anger and my judgment, my condemnation at others to misdirect and save myself from the sense of condemnation directed at me. This is what he's referring to and the reason I go into this. This is what he refers to when he says, forgiving dreams are kind to everyone who figures in the dream and so they bring the dreamer full release from dreams of fear. And the, um, the main feature is he doesn't fear his judgment within forgiving dreams for he has judged no one nor has sought to be released through judgment from what judgment must impose. And all the while he's remembering what he forgot when judgment seemed to be the way to save him from its penalty. I no longer need to use you and my judgment of you to deflect how much I fear judgment coming back at me. I get out of the judgment business and the world opens up in an entirely new and restored way. Thank you, Chris. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Thank you Lee. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Thank Lee. That's one of your best kids. I love it. So much. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Lee. You know, this uh, section that we read is so evocative here when it's talking about we are like children playing with toys. And I'm a mom, two grown sons. In the 80s, when they were little, you can easily imagine, I'm not sure if this really happened or not, but that doesn't really matter, that they were playing with their toys and their trucks and their G.I. Joes or whatever it was they had, and yet they, you know, one of those, they started crying, and I said, well, what's the matter, Mark? You know, and he said, oh, Mommy, Mommy, the, the king said I must die, you know, or something like that. Um... I mean, me, he's like me, you know. I'm like the Holy Spirit. I mean, no one is say like, oh, you know, you're bad. You have to face a punishment. Yeah. I said, I love you, honey. Don't worry. It's it's just a dream. It's it's not a real king. It's just a doll, see? And, and, And you just think that 
he said you did something wrong and you didn't really do anything wrong. I love you, honey. Don't worry about it. You know, and perhaps direct him into some happier activity or, you know, something like that. And so because I love my children and it, it, it just brings it right home into my deep gut of the feeling and the love where, you know, motherhood resides and everything that, okay, this is like who I am when I'm doing this to, this is how the Holy Spirit would see me. And so the Holy Spirit is not going to judge me for having judged others. It's going to remind me through this book and all of you and all of this. And Mike, I can turn away from the judgment and the fear and making the idols that I say then will judge me and have to protect from, the Holy Spirit will say, you know, just simply turn away gently into the wings of love and be lifted out of that lower than the stones and and, and know that love is, is real and that love and happy dream is it's the real world, and we can have that in any instant. Thank you. I'm complete. That's very nice, Ida. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. That's beautiful, Ida. That feeling of the care for offspring is exactly why the being that is speaking to us states that he is, she is androgynous, carries both those maternal characteristics and the father's core of being real from the correct source. I'm down. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. This is Reverend Regis Joy. I just wanted to share that what comes up for me is the immediacy of uh, release. And I have shared before about uh, a forgiveness shower. I think Bryce really liked that when I shared that. <laughs> and uh, <sighs> <laughs> uh, it, is, it does feel like a forgiveness shower. And I can take, uh, I can forgive myself in any... A moment I choose and it's an instant release it's very quick and it's blessed it's such an amazing blessing because what happens is for me that if I'm when I'm judging my peace is out the window reality is out the window uh, and I'm in illusion and when I release that, that is forgiveness. I release the judgment. I see what is, I open. I open to the Christ vision which shows me what is truly there. I just let it be. Then <laughs> I'm free again, instantaneously. It's that quick. It's just, he said, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's voice is as loud as your willingness to listen. And, you know, knock on the door, will be open, all that good stuff. I, I hear him saying, just l let go. Just 
in that instant, let go. Let go of your judgment. Be willing. I, I had an experience. Um, I was with a person who is seemingly judging. But, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, my, my reaction to being judged is to, of course, judge that judging and react from that perception. And I had a, an awareness, a stepping back, an awareness that that's not what's going on here. That's not the reality. And the reality is that I am whole and complete and so are they. And it just went. Any kind of reaction, any kind of uh, pushing back didn't need to be. It just dissolved. And there was just peace. There was just peace and completeness. So it's instantaneous for me, and I'm, I'm learning that it can be. It's when we choose it. It's a choice. We have to do the choice. <laughs> Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you. Can I have I have the hardest Thank time only at one phase that I can recognize. And that's when we're discussing the meaning of the course in a group. When an idea of death, dissolution, or as pointed out by Jesus as Raj, whenever sin, sickness, or intimations of death are attributed to the course in a manner that is just impossible, almost impossible to see from an enlightened view, uh, then, uh, then I have the hardest time to, to keep the judgment that this is not being an open view of the Course. I never find that much here at all. I find it very common in other circles sometimes, and I, that's where I have to resist saying something. Because I'm I'm so such a different belief, and and we're supposed to be be able to discuss it, but it, it, sometimes it doesn't work out well to discuss it from a judgmental point of view because it doesn't sound as free and open as I want them to see the course as. My big trouble. I'm complete. That's a wonderful comment, Rob. I agree. And, uh, Thanks, Rob. <laughs> how ironic, right, Rob? That, that yes. we're the most uh, unforgiving in terms of, uh, of uh, different opinions uh, right. of the Course itself. When yeah. it comes to something you care about, when you right. know you've got to get it right, you're hardest on yourself and you include the other person. Thanks for sharing that challenge. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks. I, I've been a big believer of, of getting it right in all those years. I blamed my mother and said she's, you know, so controlling in every little detail. And she was constantly fixing my clothes after, I, you know, before I go somewhere, after I already went. And I was so irritated. And, of course, the course says irritation is the same as rage. So, ha, ha. And <laughs> blaming judging. It was so convenient for me to blame all that stuff on them, but especially mom since she was a mouthpiece for both of them, you know. And uh, But now, well, 
after going through the surprise shock or whatever it was of finding out that there's a Urtext, the original one out there on the web with the comments to Helen and Bill and all still there. And, and then there's this original edition and going through the thing about, oh, I have to, you know, blame Ken Wapnick for, you know, messing up the first edition or whatever. He, you know, forgiving this. And what I'm trying to say is that whatever the words are, that I'm reading, it's the spirit of the words. A friend told me this in, in a, a study group here, um, that the spirit of the words is, is is the thing that comes through. It's all perfect for me. And so I assume that like what we're talking about here, as soon as I let go of the judgment, against anything or anybody, even you let go of the judgment against the blue book or the the Urtext edition, you're going to think, oh, it has too much, you shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. It, just, it, the Holy Spirit is like rushing in, and it's this, again, it's like this happy dream, and and I'm really glad when the happy dream comes and, and replaces the, angry, judgmental dream, and, and I realize I have a part of it by willing, being willing that that happened, the, the little willingness, you know, so thank you. Thank you. I'm done. Right. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Ida. Thanks, Ida. I share your willingness. I have a little, too. <laughs> Please. This is Wendy. I've had an experience of, it was really a fleeting moment of looking at, you know, my surroundings and seeing it like it was just uh, like a TV screen without any real depth and that it was you know, you could see it like pixels or something kind of moving. You could see that it was an energy, um, almost like the opportunity to recognize, oh, this thing that seems like it has, uh, you know, length, width, and depth is really just one dimension. <laughs> it's a big projection screen. It, it it disappeared, but I keep looking out to see if I can experience it again. And uh, you know, I it's this veil, which you know, it's, it's shocking to me a little bit to recognize that it's all because <laughs> I've been judging everything that I can't see the pure love that everything is. Uh, but it was exciting to have the little glimpse. I'm complete. That's lovely, Thanks, Wendy. Wendy. I love that for you, Wendy. Thanks for showing us what could happen. Thank you. Thank yes. you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. I love that, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. What happened to the Holy Son of God that this could be his wish? To let himself fall lower than the stones upon the ground and look to idols that then raise him up? 
What happened? He says, hear then your story in the dream you made (laughs) and ask yourself, if it be not the truth that you believe that it is not a dream. What number paragraph is that? 61. Yeah. That's it. Right there. That's That's it. it. I believe in what I have made. I believe it. It's etched in stone in my mind, and I call it me. Look at me. Look what I know. <laughs> look, look what I've done. Look what I believe. Look at my resume. See my story? I'm so proud of it. Or not. Most of the time, not. <laughs> I love my dream. It just wanders through my mind throughout the day. And I think it's real. And I forget. I made it up. I still do. All the time. It's still mine. It's my dream. (sighs) That's all the problem is. And what a problem. He says, a dream of judgment came into the mind that God created perfect as himself. Buried down in that whole story is a hidden seed of judgment, is what Jesus would have me know. I hid it. I hid it from myself, and then I busy myself in the dream I made to hide it, to hide it it from myself. Because if I would look at that and know why I'm fearful, why everything I look upon isn't holy, it's that little seed that I've hidden in the dream that I consume myself constantly with. And so he gives us an anecdote how can the God's son awaken from the dream, quote-unquote, he made? It is a dream of judgment, so he must judge not. And he will waken. There's the promise right there. He will waken. But he's got to let go, first of all, of not realizing that everything that he believes is his own dream. Who he thinks he is all the things he's made special about himself, about others, all of it. And underneath it all is this judgment idea. If I have pride, I'm trying to find how I'm special by what I've done and what I haven't done. If I'm judging others, I'm looking at how they're not special. If I'm judging myself, I'm comparing. I'm doing all this stuff with dreams, and yet behind it all is just this one simple idea. Judge not. 
Wow. And I'll wake him? That simple? Yeah. <laughs> that simple. Yay! Forgive the shower. I will not judge. That's power of decision. I will not judge. Not myself, not my dream, not anything. And I'm free. And I'm complete. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. Right. Yes, shower. Woo-hoo. Right. Thanks, Bryce. <laughs> Woo-hoo. That's great. I will not judge either. I'm standing with you. <laughs> I can wait. You know, I just want to add this little footnote. This section uh, talks about self-betrayal. And... Um, who here could raise their hand and seems to have a repeating nightmare, a repeating condition that seems to even be one that they're afraid could happen again? This is something that comes up in the course a lot. I observe it. I recognize that there's a subliminal part, even in myself, that has this idea about myself that, my ego could raid head at any time, and I'm a vi- and I'll be a victim, and I don't know it's gonna ha- when it's gonna happen or how it's gonna happen, but it could happen. What I what I uh, want to just bring out is that that's a judgment that's hidden. It's part of this uh, idea about ourselves that we just gotta hang on to. I I, I want to hang on to my just my. My, my reserves of potential ego. Just give me the, a break, people, because I might mess up here. And I need to ha- have advanced assurance <laughs> from everyone because I'm not perfect yet, and I want to hold out uh, some fear, just a little bit, that I might come out wrong. You know, it's just this little self-betrayal option that that is so persistent in my experience that I want to hang on to because it's it's just it keeps me kind of imperfect. But that too is a judgment against myself. It's just the remnant of a repeating nightmare that I. I, I gotta give that up. I gotta give up everything that I would resist. That forgiveness have its perfect completion in me. I'm complete. Bullseye. So, um, Bryce. Thanks, so, Bryce. So let's say you, we get all that, and. Later today, after we're done with the call, you had this really stupendous moment where you did all that. And then you were perfect, and then you're, you, know, you didn't have any more judgment, and then the next hour, and the next hour, and the next hour, and all day and all night, you didn't have any more judgment, and it was so beautiful. Um, then it was time for us to do our you know, discussion and our reading and everything tomorrow. So my question is, would you still be there at the call? And it's easy to say, of course you would be there, but 
so that I guess that's my little subliminal fear. It's like if I'm still in judgment, I need you to be with me still in judgment so that you can help me heal from it too. It's like that body softball thing uh, where I say like, you know, I'm not going to be enlightened until the whole world is enlightened. And then we can all sort of, you know, go to Nirvana, go to heaven together. And and and, and so that's what, what came up for me. And, and it's very interesting because if you had not said the way you said, you know, just what you just said, I would not have that, had that come up. And I feel like somehow it's a little thing and yet it's very important somehow that, like we all need each other, and I'd love to hear what everybody has to say about that vis-a-vis their feelings and the discourse. Thank you. I'll complete. Thank you, Ida. Yes. In the time remaining, I wonder if we can open it to those who um, may be waiting for an opportunity to share. We're blessed with a nice big room again. Rita Joy, yeah, that's wonderful. Excuse me. Um, I'm wondering, Ida, I I know you have a question, and and I know there's others out there who haven't shared who may uh, want to address uh, the question. I'm not clear what the question was, and could you you ask it again in like a a few sentences um, for me? Thank you. Okay, I'll do my best. I'm in the moment here. Um, when I said, Bryce as an example, but if, okay, we're all here now studying this course, maybe at this point, because we love this course and everything, but originally it was like we needed the course. And I think, for me, I still need the course. But what if I had this sudden enlightenment. I don't know if such a thing is possible. I had this sudden, that I stopped judging and, and, and didn't have any more judgment and was in this heavenly state, yada, yada, yada. So now until tomorrow will be time to study the course again, would I still be come back to the call? Well, I say, yes, I love you guys and gals. And of course I would still come back to the call, but I'm not 100% sure. And so it's a sense that but I don't, I don't know if it's so much a question. But I don't need, you know, I don't want any of you, parts of myself, to get it, quote unquote, before I get it, because I need you to be in the trenches with me so we can all pull out of this war together because I need what you have to say, which come from your experience of getting all that stuff. And that's basically what it is. I'm complete. Thank you. Uh, this is Wendy. Ida, I have a, you know, a, a, an interpretation of what would happen if you or any one of us became enlightened. Uh, w- when you looked out, you'd realize that all the beings that had been on the phone were the Holy Spirit and that none of them were left behind. It was really our own interpretation of what was going on that was keeping us from recognizing the only being that's here. 
maybe appearing in many forms the way the Hindus say God has all these different aspects, but that there wouldn't be anybody to save, there wouldn't be anybody to leave behind. It's just you'd, you'd realize, oh, I, I was having a dream and now I'm back home and I'm not missing anyone. We're all here. I'm complete. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you said that. I'm complete. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, both of you. Thanks, Wendy. All my fellow healers, uh, Reverend Rita, we're at that time. How about a closing prayer? Yes, thanks, Chris. Just want to also remind everyone that um, say you had some more to share. We may be out of time, but we have the after call, so the discussion continues. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. So we'll uh, end our time together by closing our eyes and bringing that awareness within. We relax the body and our breath and the thoughts. Today we centered on the forgiving dream once upon a timelessness. I had everything and was embraced in the blessed peace of the all that is. And yet I chose to have a dream. It was a very bad dream because I thought I was separate and I thought I knew what good and evil were. I had the thought that I could judge against everything. (laughs) And yet in that moment, reality was unremembered. Quote, a dream of judgment came into the mind that God created perfect as himself. And in that dream was heaven changed to hell and God made enemy unto his son, unquote. How frightened I became, thinking I was alone and separate. I was filled with unreasonable fear, and this fear was acted on through further judgment, which I thought would rid me of the terror, yet I did not understand. What I give, I keep. I did not remember there is nothing outside of me and there is nothing to fear. Quote, fear is judgment leading surely to the frantic search for idols and for death. And so he makes of anything a toy to make his world remain outside himself and play that he is but a part of it. Unquote, It's as if I were an actor in a role, strutting around on the stage I made and now perceive, in a place I formed with my thoughts. And then, there had come a moment in timelessness in which I forgot that this was merely a stage I made, a role I took. I became the actor in the dream and at the effect of all the other actors. Quote, 
and bad things seem to happen. And he is afraid of all the chaos in the world he thinks is governed by the laws he made. Unquote. And so we pray, Father, Mother, God, I had a dream. I thought I was separate. I had thought that all the things I made in my play to save me from my feeling of separation were real, and now all is lost. I thought I had put out the light within me, and yet now I hear you tell me today, the real world is unaffected by what I think is real. <laughs> the laws of God have not changed just because I did not understand. All is not lost. In fact, all is now and will forever be perfect, as is our source. Quote, little children, it is there. You do but dream, and idols are the toys you dream you play with. Who has need of toys but children? They pretend they rule the world and give their toys the power to move about and talk and think and feel and speak for them. Yet everything their toys appear to do is in the minds of those who play with them. Unquote. Thank you, Father, Mother, God. I will replace the dreams I made in terror with forgiving dreams that you give. As I hear you tell me, quote, forgiving dreams remind you that you live in safety and have not attacked yourself. So do your childish terrors melt away and dreams become a sign that you have made a new beginning, not another try to worship idols and to keep attack. You tell me forgiving dreams are kind to everyone who figures in the dream. And so they bring the dreamer full release from dreams of fear. He does not fear his brother's judgment, for he has judged no one, nor has sought to be released through judgment from what judgment must impose. You tell me, and all the while he is remembering what he forgot when judgment seemed to be the way to save him from his penalty. Unquote. It is still a dream, a stage, and yet, quote, what was once a dream of judgment now has changed into a dream where all is joy because that is the purpose which it has. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank Amen. you. That was Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Thank you, Reverend. Amen. Amen. So beautiful. Thank you. So, so, much. so full of the Spirit. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you Thanks, everybody, for waking up with me. <laughs> Have a blessed day.